welcome to Stories We Can Tell. This is Jim McGinnis. Hope you like the episode. Did you ever walk down River Street in Savannah at night? Maybe downtown Asheville and listen to the street musicians. Austin's a place, Jody added. I hear Nashville is something else. And then you know what I mean, said Quinn. You stroll along and stop to hear those you feel are worth listening to. There was a sax player down by the water in Savannah who captivated me. Wouldn't let me take his picture, though. I always thought teaching at its best offered students an intellectual stroll. Hmm, Jody said as she brushed her hair away from her face. Never thought of it that way. Those, my dear, are some of the best words in the language. I never thought of it that way. I like to call it free-ranging, to roam freely through an open range of subjects, letting your interests and passions lead you, Quinn explained. Free-ranging, Jody repeated, chewing on the words. Reminds me of an old Robert Duvall, Tommy Lee Jones movie. Exactly. What? Education is like driving cattle to Montana, Jody asked, smiling. No, but it is about sitting around the campfire reading Leviticus, waiting for the biscuits to be done. And it is about barroom conversations among Texas Rangers and Key West fishermen. After a moment of quiet, Quinn went on. Jody was getting used to the pauses. Jody, I read an interesting book a while back by Fareed Zakaria. It's called In Defense of a Liberal Education. There's that word everybody's scared of, liberal. Ah, politicians stole that word, Quinn said. We're stealing it back. It's been hijacked, like republic and democratic. Hell, North Korea calls itself the Democratic People's Republic. You believe that shit? So what about the book, she asked. Liberal comes from liberalis, meaning relating to a free man, Quinn said with his professorial voice. I know that, Quinn. Zakaria said that a liberal education is a fundamental part of American culture, a rigorous but boundless pursuit of knowledge, free-ranging. Quinn was talking with his hands. Quinn. You know how much energy I spend to get kids excited about reading? She asked rhetorically. I reach maybe a handful. No, oh, I think you're doing much more than you think, Jody, he assured. Yeah, most of them think it's a waste of time, she said. The only reason they're here, the only purpose of education is to prepare them for a job or get them to college to prepare them for a job. That's dead wrong, Quinn said. Even though I think a liberal education better prepares him for a career. It's a grind, she said with a sigh in her voice. Quinn had never heard her sound so low. Oh yeah, it's a grind, but a noble one. Jody took a drink from her water bottle. You know, maybe we need to change their mindset. One student at a time. If we can get them to ask different questions, that would be a big step. Instead of walking in asking, what do I have to do to make a grade in this class? We have to get them asking, what can I learn about the world today? Or 
What can I learn that could possibly change my life? Jody said, you may be as cheesy as I am, and I should be taking notes. Well, I am writing a book, Quinn said, and they both laughed. My object in living is to unite my vocation with my avocation, as my two eyes make one in sight. What's that from, Frost, she asked. Two tramps at mud time, one of my favorites. I have a few friends working in the business world, Jody said. Finance majors, marketing, computers. They said most of the stuff they learned is totally useless when it comes to their jobs. Amen. My son learned that firsthand, Quinn answered. Anything you need, you can pick up in a few months. And besides, things vary from industry to industry. So, Jody kicked off her shoes. Teach them to think for themselves. Focus on building broader strengths, as Zacharias said. Teach them to write, to read, to give them some give them some historical knowledge and then some basic scientific understanding, foundational ideas. Jody was ready with her question. Quinn, how do you get them to love learning? <laughs> Hell, Jody, you know as much as I do on that one. I guess it starts with loving it yourself, he said, after a pause. Whether it's a story or just a pure act of teaching, grammar, dead presidents, what have you, you have to be attached to it for a lesson to have any real meaning. In my field, only when the lesson's delivered with a story or a circumstance can it be absorbed into a student's understanding. I believe that. When went on, I used to tell my ball players that they needed a little bit of I don't give a damn to be good. And I think that's also true in teaching. There are times when motivational techniques become counterproductive. I'm not sure I follow, said Jody. Splendid indifference. Here, Quinn handed her a manila folder. Splendid indifference. My high school English teacher once stood in front of my class and read Beowulf out loud. In old English, my 17-year-old mind couldn't help but think it bizarre. But part of me felt stirred by the whole experience. Here she was expecting a bunch of adolescents to appreciate the beauty of the language. Her love for the story blinded her to the shallow cynicism of her audience. It was as if she didn't give a damn whether we liked it at all. This was not necessarily just about Beowulf, and when I realized that, it struck me. She seemed unable to hide her own love for the words. She would not push them on us, nor try to sell us on their value. Try as she did, though, she couldn't keep the treasure to herself. As naive as it may have seemed at the time, her splendid indifference actually opened the door much wider. We were being allowed a glimpse of enlightenment. Perhaps I wasn't ready to turn away from the silhouettes on the wall and look directly at the light, like Plato said, but my teacher was letting me know that there was much more out there than shadows. I never got around to telling Miss Grames or thanking her. A teacher must possess the audacity to believe that students will naturally be interested in what he has to say, 
He can't internalize his failure, the hard fact that he can't reach them all. You can't reach every student every day, let me tell you. Kids have a thousand things going, and there are times when they are going to be unexcited, unimpressed, uninspired, and uncurious. There are some fleas, as Lincoln said, that a dog can't reach. Teachers have got to keep bits of that splendid indifference and let passion do its work. It's essential to teaching. As Bob Dylan proved years ago, there are times when you must let the audience come to you rather than the other way around. Inspire the love of knowledge by loving it yourself, and maybe they will come. This is Jim McGinnis, Fair Winds. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Stories We Can Tell, and I'm Jim McGinnis, wishing you fair winds. <laughs>